It's Jennifer Diane Ghostin, and welcome to Once Upon a Time in Adoptee Land. A part of my identity is being an adoptee, being separated at birth from my original family, and placed into foster care for two years before being adopted has significantly impacted how I see my place in the world. After formally connecting with the adoption community over a decade ago, I recognize the added value adoptees bring to a conversation about adoption. My next guest was born in Busan, South Korea, during the year of 1998. His name is Rob, and I'm honored that he trusted me to share part of his relinquishment and adoption journey publicly for the first time. He reached out to me via email and with kind words about my podcast. Rob shares thoughtful perspectives as an adoptee born in another country who has been in reunion for seven years with his biological family. He describes what his experience has been like being raised by white parents in Denver, Colorado. When I learned that he has a black belt in Taekwondo, I thought about my son as a little person who took martial arts for 10 years to earn that same accomplishment. I know firsthand what effort and hard work it took for Rob to achieve that. Rob has a B.A. in international business from Metropolitan State University, and his ambition is to be a business analyst. Allow me to introduce to you someone who is starting at a young age to be better connected to our community by listening to adoptees and contributing in ways that help him and others make more sense of what happened to them at the beginning of life. He has learned more to the narrative of his story because of his interest in knowing more about his identity and ethnicity. Rob hopes to give inspiration to adoptees who were born outside of the U.S. and want to find more to their truth through search and reunion. Well, hello, Rob. How are you doing in Colorado? I am doing well. You know, it's been a bright day, surprisingly. You know, we've had a a lot of rainy days here in Denver, but today is a bright, sunny day, and I've been well. I'm happy to hear uh, that. Yeah, I've been to Denver twice, and both times I had such a good time. So you're in a a really cool place to be. It's definitely a, a growing city. For a long time, it was such a small town. Now that you know we're developing, every everything is getting bigger here in Denver. We are rapidly expanding, and it's becoming such a big city now. So yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a good place to be. It's uh, great food, good people. You know, we you know lots of things to do and lots of local places. And it's good to be in Denver. I know that you are a transracial, interracial adoptee. Do you prefer one term over the other? You know, I've always considered myself a transracial adoptee. I know that there are other terms that are so similar, but I've always considered myself a transracial adoptee. You know, I you know, I'm Korean. I was born in South Korea and grew up in a white household. And I think it's something that I've 
been calling myself lately these past few years. I just want to tell you that I'm very honored for you to be on my podcast. I know you'll be 25 this year, so you're one of the younger guests, and I'm always happy to hear from the younger generation. And I know this is the first time that you have publicly or will publicly share a part of your adoption journey. So I just, I want to thank you for trusting me. My story has been something that I've been thinking about for years now. I've always been very closed with my story. I've never shared my story with hardly anybody. And, you know, I've realized over these past few years that, you know, my story is similar with a lot of other stories, but it's unique in its own way. And, you know, I have come to realize that it's important for me to share my story and to get it out there to to help other families and other adoptees in their stories and to, you know, hopefully help others in knowing that they're not alone in this world. They're not. Hopefully my story can help them out with that. I believe it will. And I often say that I never know who's listening and who your story will benefit. So, yeah, it's um, it's a gift that you are giving to the whole world. I'm pretty certain that there will be listeners who, through your words, will feel less alone. So wherever you want to start in sharing a part of your story and however much you wish to share would be great. Yeah. So I was born in South Korea and I was born in Busan and that's located in the southeast corner of South Korea. It is the second biggest city in South Korea right behind Seoul. My biological parents, they were very young when they had me. Um, They're very, very young, and they were not married. My biological mom, having a child while she was not married, it's a it's a struggle. You know, it's something that is not looked up upon in South Korea. It's something that is not often seen in South Korea so she was pressured through the trends of being a parent in South Korea being a a Korean woman and she was also facing the struggles of being a single parent and the struggles and the tough times that being a single parent takes so with all of that in mind she did decide to put me up for adoption and she knew that despite how hard it was to make that decision she knew that this was something that was supposed to be the best for me so five days after I was born she put me into adoption and I was sent into a foster care system and I was in a foster care for about four months 
and I was there for my whole time in South Korea before I came to Denver. You know, I, of course, being so young, I obviously do not remember my time in the foster care system. But from what I've heard, my foster family was good. They, you know, we have pictures of them and, and myself. And it sounds like, you know, they took care of me and, and they wanted me to be okay in life. And I was matched with a family here in Denver. I was placed into a beautiful family, such a loving family. They taught me the importance of hard work, you know, being ambitious and also being kind and to always give people the opportunity to be themselves. My extended family loved me as one of their own. They all knew that I was adopted, but they still loved me just as much as one of their own. They they are truly such an amazing family. You know, I, I grew up here in Denver and my childhood was good. You know, I you know, I went to school every day, had a good group of friends growing up. My parents were so supportive of me being in athletics and being in taekwondo and being in the school bands and allowing me to be in the scouting program and getting my eagle scout so they they really wanted me to make sure that i was involved and i established a good group of friends and they were so supportive in every direction of my life I'm happy you had a healthy environment. Yes. I am too. I am too. It's it's one of those things that, you know, unfortunately not every adoptee is placed in. I'm I'm definitely grateful and blessed to have been in a family that was so loving and so supportive, you know, and they still continue to support me even today. Did they supply you with all the information that you you have about your beginnings, your adoptive parents? They had some records of my biological family. They knew some stuff, but not every aspect. At the time of my adoption, my biological father was owning and running his own coffee shop. But that's really the only information that we knew about my biological father. We knew that my biological mother had a sister and a brother, and they were both married and they have kids. From what we got from other records is that my birth mom is married to another man, and they have two sons of their own. So I have two younger half-brothers that I did not know about until a few years ago. That's all that we knew of. You know, that's all we knew. So finding all that information was a was a bit of a shock, but also a blessing as well. Before we get into the reunion part of your of your journey, I I know even with loving adoptive parents, 
which I had that too. I had a really healthy environment overall. There still may be struggles, right? Struggles that we as adoptees go through, not knowing certain things or not being exposed. I don't know how diverse the community you lived in was or where you went to school, but you want to talk a little bit about the struggles that you may have had or or even still have. You know, I struggled with my adoption. I, I really did. I struggled with, you know, having identity issues. You know, I, I struggled with, you know, who was I as a person and, you know, who I was in regards to my past. I, I truly did struggle with, with grief and sadness and I longed to be with my birth family and I didn't have that. So I felt like I was missing out on having those connections with my brothers and my parents and biological cousins. I wish that I had those relationships growing up. And I also struggled with, with grief. You know, I had no idea if they were still around. I had no idea if they were still living in South Korea. I did not know if my biological parents were still, if at all, married. I I had no idea if any of that growing up. You know, it, it caused a lot of emotions for me, and I did struggle with that. You know, I definitely wish that I had the answers sooner. As a, as a kid growing up, but I, I wish that I handled those emotions better. Yeah, I, I struggled with identity, and I was angry at the world for being adopted. I was angry with my biological parents for giving me up. I often questioned that if they truly loved me, that they would want to see me grow up and they would want to see all of those small but amazing moments in my life. So I was angry at that. Now as, you know, a young adult, I can see why they did put me for adoption. I can see their thinking and now I'm not so angry as I am more now curious. Mm, wow, that's a transformation. It is. Yeah, to be so young, because I, I totally understand, you know, having anger. You know, relinquishment and, and adoption is, is the big stuff when it comes to loss. And yeah. you mentioned grief. Yeah, we have, we have grief over so many losses. Like you said, the, your immediate family, the extended family, the cousins, like that that's a lot of loss. So now you have moved into curiosity. I always say to myself, stay curious. <laughs> There's more yeah. to the story, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's and that's that's one thing I always thought that was a good trait of mine was that I was always curious. You know, I was interested 
growing up of where I where I was coming from family wise I you know I wondered if I had siblings and if I did you know who they were as people and if they ever wanted to meet me and if they ever wanted to get to know me as much as I wanted to find them and and get to know them uh, I was so interested in finding both of my birth parents and getting to know them and what drew them to each other and their likes and dislikes and how I look like them. I questioned and was interested in just how big my extended family was and knowing who all was related to who and how I was related to them. It's definitely been a process and a journey being so interested in my own uh, journey and, and finding my, my, my parents and it's gotten me pretty far and I know there's still so much to be found, but I know there's been so much progress that's already been made. Yes. And when you tell me that seven years ago is when your reunion started to unfold, right? Yes. Yes. Tell me I, about uh, that. Yeah. So I I knew that I needed to find my family. I knew that I had to reach out to them. So seven about seven years ago is when I officially went up to my parents here and told them that I wanted to find my birth family. So I had to submit an application to my adoption agency saying that I am interested in finding my birth family and I would be interested in viewing any and all records and statements of the foster system that I was in family. So I submitted my application to my agency. They were so on it. They they really took good care of me and my case and making sure that I was given all the details and that they were so good in making sure that I got connected with my biological family. There were times where during these seven years where I was hesitant in finding them and going all the way through, but I knew that if I didn't, I would probably regret not finding them. I decided to go all the way in in finding them. I would say for the better part of about five, five and a half years, I have been in direct contact with my biological mom and my brothers you know we talk all the time through social media and emails and voice calls we we talk so much and we've been in contact direct contact for the better part of five five and a half years and wow uh, those yeah <laughs> that's pretty yeah. remarkable rob I'm, I'm just glad you're sharing that with my audience because yeah that's that's big 
Yeah. Yeah. We are so excited to have been in contact and getting to know each other. It is amazing to know that my parents here and I are going to meet them next summer in South Korea. Wow. In person. Yeah. Sounds like your parents here are so supportive. They have been incredibly supportive and loving. They knew that if I decided to go and and get in contact with them, that they'd be okay with that. They also explained that if I didn't want to find my biological family, if I wasn't interested, that they'd be okay with that too because they knew that the, the decision was mine. They never influenced me to make that decision. They knew that this was something that I had to do on my own. They knew that I was the only one to make that decision. So they never pressured me. They always knew that if I wanted to find them or if I didn't want to find them, they'd be okay and supportive with no matter what decision. They've been so amazing in that regard. And That's great. Yeah. What do you anticipate yeah. or imagine uh, the experience will be like to be face-to-face in Korea with your biological family? There's going to be a lot of tears. been interesting to have this amazing love for people that some I have never met before and one I met only because I was in her womb and I was in her hands for five days. And I don't remember that, of course, but it's amazing to have this love for people that I've never met. They all have expressed their love for me as well. So I anticipate, you know, long, deep, meaningful conversations I anticipate lots of hugs, lots of tears, tears of joy and tears of full emotion. At that point, it will be 25 years worth of catching up and 25 years of stories and and memories and getting to know each other. You know, so much has happened since... I was adopted, and I know I'm just as curious about learning about them as they are about learning about me. Right. It's like you're both extending the invitation for the other to get to know the other. Yes. Exactly. That's wonderful. It's so beautiful. And so you're better connected to the adoption community, I would say. What has that been like for you? So far, it's been so amazing. It's been amazing to hear other stories of other adoptees. And it's been amazing to hear stories of adoptive parents and those who are fostering and anyone who's been in the foster system. It has been such an amazing time and such an amazing feeling 
listening to stories that even though they're different from mine, it's been so amazing to know that there are so many people out there that can relate to my emotions. My connections with other adoptees has grown within the last few months. I've really struggled with having other adoptees in my life, but these past few months, that circle has really grown. I've been in contact and and developing so many good friendships, other adoptees who know the struggles and also know the joys of adoption and can relate to me in so many ways. So it's been a great process. It's been an amazing journey connecting with other people and, and hearing their stories as well. That's good to know. And thank you for sharing that. And I will ask you, has there been anything challenging about being connected to our community? I have not seen any, or at least not yet experienced any challenges. My range of emotions have been all over the place, connecting with other adoptees and getting to know them and their stories and sharing my stories with them. You know, there's a lot of highs, um, a lot of great laughs, and also a lot of emotional conversations and lots of tears. Those are the challenges that I've had so far are those deep emotional conversations that aren't always easy and are tough to talk about in the adoption world. And I've always thought that I had a good understanding of adoption as a whole, but with so many stories, there's so many perspectives that I never thought about and that I never put into thought. Those perspectives have shown me that what I think is such a, is such a small spectrum of, of thoughts and beliefs on adoption and yeah. views on adoption. Yeah, that's, that's so true. And I think it's a lifelong thing because <laughs> I'm, way older than you are. And I still have emotional moments when certain discussions come up or I think about certain things related to relinquishment and adoption. I I don't think that really goes away. But I do say that I manage it a lot better than I used to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's such a big thing. Like It it truly is such a, a huge thing in life you know we all go through our adoptions in our own way we all have a a different case we all have our own unique story Um, we all view the world in our in our own unique ways and and beliefs and that includes adoption i've always thought that if everyone believed the same thing if everyone viewed the world and adoption the exact same way, we might not have these 
beautiful stories. You know, we might not have these beautiful perspectives, you know, if we all believed in the same thing. Now that I am a young adult, my perspective and my beliefs on adoption have changed over the past few years. And, you know, adoptions, there is heartache, there is grief, but it's also so beautiful. And, you know, I have grown from being angry at the world with my adoption to now I'm blessed and now I'm grateful to be adopted. I'll forever be grateful for that. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. And in closing, is there anything I didn't ask you that you want to share? You know, there's advice that I've been having to share with people in my life in regards to adoption and advice that I'm willing to give. One piece of advice that I always give is to the adoptees and the other piece of advice is to parents and foster parents and anybody who's thinking of adopting and fostering. So to adoptees all over the world, my advice is is that if there is something telling you that you're not good enough and that you're not worthy of love, it's nowhere near true because you are worthy of love and your story is so amazing and beautiful. And my advice is to, to the parents and anybody who is thinking of adopting any and every idea that you have is a complete and utter possibility. It does not matter how hard it is. It does not matter how expensive it is. You just have to try it. Thank you so much for taking the time out to have this conversation with me. I really, really enjoyed it. And thank you so much for having me. It's truly been an honor, and I am so blessed to share my story with you. I'm always in awe of younger adoptees when they step up and get involved in our community to create positive change. Rob seems to embrace something I've heard Dr. Sib, once a guest on my podcast, repeatedly say, both and. Two things can be true at the same time. Rob has loving and supportive adoptive parents, and he wants to know and connect with his biological family. That's true for many adoptees who I've spoken to. I'm thrilled to know that Rob will return to his motherland of South Korea to meet his birth family in person, who he has already started building a relationship with for the past seven years. I deeply appreciate Rob trusting me to be the one he did some emotional labor with for the benefit of my listeners. I anticipate witnessing his continued contributions to the adoptee movement. Thank you, Rob, for having this conversation with me. Your generation has a wealth of information, and your willingness to share it is simply the best. As you stated in your bio, you are excited about the next chapter of your life, seeing where things go from here. I'm excited for you, too. So many young people like yourself are doing the work, and many in my age group are taking notice of what you offer to all of us. We want to support you and look forward to learning how to best achieve that. 
As you prepare to travel abroad next year, I wish you all the best. Hopefully, you will come back as a guest and share part of what your visit was like in the land of your birth. I want to thank every guest for saying yes to a conversation with me, every participant, especially in the early days, and the audience for listening to some of the most extraordinary people I've had the pleasure of meeting. This endeavor has positively exceeded my every expectation, and it wouldn't have been possible without your gifts and time. If you're an adoptee and would like to share your adoption journey, visit JenniferDianeGhostin.com. If you like Once Upon a Time in Adoptee Land, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow and or give, hopefully, a five-star rating so others can find it too. During the course of your day, I trust you will tell at least one friend or someone who you believe might find value in it because word of mouth is still the very best way for the show to grow. If you seek to be an ally of the adoption community, I hope you will consider making a monthly donation of at least $5 or a one-time amount that works for you at patreon.com forward slash adopteeland. Thank you for being here.